Welcome to Expounded Universe, with your hosts, Jeff and John. The book, Shadows of the Empire, by Steve Perry. The year, 1996. Chapters 22 through 24. Let's go. Who gave that dog a crossbow and two bachelor's degrees? <laughs> Pulls everyone she's on. I don't know why. <laughs> That's Vader, <laughs> the world's greatest power top. Take a look at these meat bags. Anyway, welcome to Expounded Universe proper. I'm uh, I'm Jeff again, and that's John again. Yes, indeed. Yeah. So uh, let's see. Where did we last leave our heroes? Well, we had a uh, a sad time for Luke Skywalker as he had been captured by bounty hunters. Yes, uh, non unnamed, uh, mysterious, and lots of them. Yeah, they were reptilian. They were vaguely reptilian bounty hunters. They were colder, <laughs> more calculating. They were definitely colder and more calculating. Also, they managed to kill off uh, original character to the book, Koth Milan. They did. Yeah, they put a bullet right between his eyes, and and that was the end of old Koth Milan, uh, the guy whose name should have been Koth Melanelia. Yay. <laughs> if he had only been willing to accept his official both an honorific. <laughs> Anyway, we start right back up with Luke. The chapter, uh, chapter 22, opens up on Luke Skywalker. Luke is locked in a room. Luke is locked in a room, but he hasn't been killed. They've, they've captured him. They've thrown him in a room. Yes, and we get a good... His entire first chapter is description, like subchapter, is just him describing his room. Oh, yeah. He's all like, this, materi- this room is made of a rough gray material. There is a guard to the north behind a barred window, and a rough toilet is built into the floor. There is a cot, bolted. Do you choose to examine the walls? <laughs> like, I I feel like Steve Perry must have heard someone go, you know what's really good is you need to describe, get people into your setting. Yeah, yeah, really get in there and you, set up the entire room. You need to get real Hemingway on some shit. <laughs> and he was like, okay, and then just went with the most bland, descriptive language possible. There is a gray cot bolted to the floor. It was probably made of rough material. <laughs> the materials things are made of is going to be one of my favorite ongoing bits for Luke going forward here. But first, we have to meet his primary captor as the the door opens and in oozes, according to the book, yeah. uh, Skatul. Now, Skatul is a barabelle. Oh, it's one of those little cheeses. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we, we talked about this. <laughs> Yeah, I'm on board. She's one of them little cheeses comes oozing its way into the room. Yeah, one of them little cheeses in wax. You got comes that wax around in. her, and you always after you eat the cheese, you always always pop that wax in your mouth, and you're just like, why did I do this? This isn't food. <laughs> <laughs> have you ever not popped the wax from the little cheese thing in your mouth? Oh, of course I have. It's when I was uh, trying to wrap it around my finger and turn it into like a little witch thing, like it was a bugle. <laughs> nice. I mean, I like trying to rewrap the next because you never eat one of those cheeses. It's always like three. Yeah, you're like, let me get a handful of these little cheese wheels. Yeah. Oh, man, I love those cheeses, though. Now I'm Oh, man, fuck this. Let's go get cheese wheels. Let's go get mini cheeses. Let's go see if they have dumb flavors of cheese wheels that we can <laughs> go ahead and do. In fact, Expounded Universe is over. Guys, we're just taste testing things now. <laughs> That's all it is from now on. That we're going to listen to us eating food on a podcast. The most popular thing to happen on podcasts, is, as is my understanding. Oh, yeah. Everyone loves it when you get that chew sound on a podcast. Oh, yeah. That's going to be some good shit. Oh, it's, we're going to double up as a food review slash ASMR podcast. 
Yeah, because if there's one thing people can't get their, through their lives without, it's the thought of us eating food. Oh, man, there's nothing more relaxing right ear. and tingling to your scalp than me chewing noisily some cheese and Oreos. Just think about them crumbs getting nom, in my beard. Nom, nom, nom. <laughs> God damn it. All right, so back to Scott Toole. Uh, Barabels are not little baby cheeses. They are big, kind of dark-colored, uh, semi-aquatic, carnivorous lizards. Yeah, and they got a big old hard-on for the Force. They do. They love Jedi, and they love the Force, and they are. she is actually kind of regretting that she has captured Luke. She's, I mean, she's being very businesslike about it, but she's like, hey, we've got big respect for Jedi, you know, mad love, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh, Bro, this no, is no disrespect. Yeah, I hope you don't take this the wrong way. We we even went with the uh, the people who want you alive instead of the people who want you dead. So one of the things I, I whenever we get a new race in this book, like anytime we come across a new race, I jump to Wikipedia like immediately. Like even if I'm reading the book in the living room, I will run to my room and get Wikipedia going. <laughs> so here's what I learned about Barabel. They are big, fat, carnivorous lizards. Uh, there's a line item in there that they are immune to the stun settings of blasters. Good. So if you don't remember that, that's the one time you ever see that ever is when someone stuns Princess Leia in the first one. Yeah, in, you know in those those four. blue circles. Yeah, blue concentric rings come popping out and hit Princess Leia and then are never used for anything ever again. Well, yeah, no one ever... Like, you don't ever see, like, peacekeeping forces that are like, oh, well, there's, there's a riot here and we need to use stun stuff. It's always like... We're at war, man. The other thing is stun is very clearly a spread shot. Like, it fires a big old spreading out blue circle, which means it would make all of the stormtroopers way more accurate. Well, yeah, but you would only stun people. Yeah, who cares? Once they're stunned, you walk over and flip the switch back to kill. (laughs) That's not sporting at all. That's the way to win wars. You gotta win wars, people. That's how how come the Ewoks won, John, because rocks are naturally on the stun setting. (laughs) Ha! I mean, you can flip a rock to kill, and that's by handing it to an Ewok. Yeah. That's that's what <laughs> that's, moving, that's what it is. That's, that's what kill setting for a rock is. is. Is it in the hands of an Ewok? No, no. Well, Ewoks don't have a stun setting on anything they do. They don't. They eat food on the kill setting. <laughs> so uh, the other thing I found about this is a direct quote from Wikipedia. So here we go. A little light Wikipedia music, if you please. And uh, begin. I shall begin. Barabels also found the term short-tailed a grievous insult, and the response was usually a violent one. Had Saba Sebatine not been a Jedi Master, she would have slashed off the arm of a Yaka who called her short-tail and beaten him in the head with it. Oh, okay. What? Who's who's Sob Sub Sob Story. Yeah. Sob Story Time. So Sob Story Time is apparently some sort of Barabel Jedi. Now Keep in mind that the name on the page is not a hyperlink, so you can't go look up who Sob Sabatine is easily by clicking her name. In fact, the only thing in there that is linked is Yaka. So whatever the hell it was that insulted her, uh, we don't get that. But we do know that according to the, the entry on this species as a whole, one of them one time got mad at someone for an insult. Good. God, Wikipedia is the best. It is so good. It, it, it Not only does it destroy any concept of sarcasm in Star Wars. No. But also, it's just this great collab. I mean, who the fuck is Saba Sabatine? What book is that in? Are we ever going to have to read it? I like, assume so. Like, you'd think right after that, there'd be like a little one annotation. You'd go to the bottom and it would say what book it's from. Nope. Nothing like that. Ugh. That would be useful. What, wouldn't it be great if this is just some person's fan character? <laughs> One time in my Edge of the Empire campaign. Yeah, I made uh, Saba Sabatine known Super Jedi. She's capable of using both light and dark side force powers. Oh, she's a great Jedi. She's the. 
<laughs> she's the best. <laughs> but but well, who the hell is that? We don't know. It's anyway. Moving on. Uh, Scatula is actually surprisingly nice as far as people who are holding Luke Skywalker captive go. Oh yeah, I mean that's I think what he was going for. He's like, oh, I want to describe that there's like a big gross monster bounty hunter and they're big teeth and they're just reptile people and they're raw, but they're super nice. Oh, yeah. I bet you feel bad for making judgment calls on their appearance. Although he does also describe her as hiding in the shadows even when she doesn't need to. Yeah. Like the moment she gets into the room with Luke, she's like, I'll ooze into the shadows and you'll only see my teeth and the glints of my eyes. And it's like, all right, I, I get it. It's because lizards are more calculating or sexy or whatever. But... <laughs> Oh, one more thing about uh, Barabel, big te- or big tails, big tails. So it's kind of weird that he wasn't able to acknowledge who these guys were right away. As soon as he saw that they were like giant monsters with big lizard crocodile tails. Hmm. But you know, moving on, whatever. Scott Tool's nice, and basically she's like, "Hey, here's here's the situation. Here's why you're sitting in some room waiting. Uh, there are two bounties on your head, Luke, and one of them is for a lot of money, and the other one is for a lot of money." Plus a little bit of money. Yeah. One's for infinity money, and one is for infinity money plus one. And the one that's for... He actually tries to buy his way out. He's like, hey, how much is the bounty? I'll pay more than that. And she's like, I name a figure. Yeah, the book doesn't want to give the actual number. It's just, she says a number, and Luke is like, oh my goodness, you could buy a city for that. So let's talk about this. Then she goes on to say that he is worth a few thousand credits more alive than dead. Yes. Now, we've established that the base cost of the most advanced murder droid in the world is about 9 million credits. Thereabout. Now, do you think you can buy a city with the cost of 9 million credits? Probably not. Probably not. Are you thinking a city is more expensive than 9 million credits? Oh, definitely. So, let's say, let's put ballpark. Let's say you want to buy a whole city for yourself. You're thinking what, like 30 to about 100 million credits? Maybe. I mean, depending on the city we're talking here. Okay, so here's here's the thing. Let's say that we're talking about 100 million credits mm-hmm. to, for Luke Skywalker dead. And let's talk. Let's say we're talking about 100 million 3,000 credits for Luke alive. <laughs> Does it feel more worth it to you to keep a live Jedi in your building for months for 3,000? This is like saying, yes, you're worth the price of an entire city alive, but the entire the price of an entire city... I'm sorry, dead. But you're also worth the price of an entire city in a down payment on a Toyota Corolla alive. <laughs> and we've decided to wait and see. Yeah. I mean, I understand because they're like, oh, we like Jedi, so, you know, I can talk people into waiting and doing the alive bit just because we want to keep the Jedi alive. No, fucking kill him. It's, it, the security is not yet. Oh, you're going to save just the money on hiring guards to stand outside his building and food to give him. Just just fucking off him. This is so weird. I mean, it's weird that they made the difference between the two, uh, the two bounties. Like so, thousands. Like, yeah, a couple thousand credits. It should have been like, you're worth three million more alive. Yeah. Because they already say that this is like a coalition of bounty hunters that got together and are splitting it. Yeah, there's no way the bounty hunters aren't in the other room going like, I vote to kill him. (laughs) It's a lot simpler to kill him and get the money. Can't we just do this? Come on, man. He doesn't have his lightsaber right now. Let's just flood his room with poison. (laughs) Someone just point a gun in there and shoot till he's dead. Let's just 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 put a hole in the door and just shoot for a lot. Just shoot a thousand times. And then and then what? Oh, no, we lost 3,000 credits, which would split up to like 60 credits each. <laughs> Damn, I was hoping to see a movie with that. Oh, I wanted a large popcorn. <laughs> I'm never going to get it now because you killed the Jedi. Uh, whatever. Uh, so basically, yeah, she offers to buy him out. And then she gives him a big old warning about escaping where she's like, 
Like, hey, we'll fucking kill you if you try to escape, though. If you even a little bit try to escape. Because remember, you're worth a lot dead, so don't try to escape. And the whole time, all I can think is, just kill him. Nah, man. Can't. He's too valuable. Yeah. So, at this point, Luke gets all introspective and spends some time sitting in his cell all by himself. Yeah. And he starts wondering, who has this kind of money? Who has city buying money? Who's got city money? Who can buy an entire city with their Citibank credit card? And he goes, this is another quote, because I want to, I, I just like quotes today. This is a quote about Luke thinking about Darth Vader. Ahem. Darth Vader could throw that many credits out of a window and never miss them. Were the stories true? According to what he'd heard, if Vader's personal fortune was changed into credit coins and dumped in a pile, you could spend the rest of your life digging in it with a shovel and not get to the bottom. <laughs> now, I gotta say... There's two points here, yeah. I, I don't think Vader has that much money. Now, hear me out on this. Sure, I'm going to let you take it, because that's one of my two points for sure. Um, okay, going into it, when Vader became Vader, I mean, went from Anakin into his suit, he had zero dollars. He was just some Jedi, and then he killed a bunch of dudes and fought, and then turned into a big robot man. Well, granted, the, the this comes out before the prequels, so we have no <laughs> idea about his life in the prequels. No, no, okay, even then. Yeah. We're thinking, we know he was a Jedi who then fell to the dark side. Sure, sure. But he's not a businessman. No. He doesn't have any holdings anywhere. No, he was always described as, before the prequels came out, he was described as an excellent pilot. Yeah, that's it. He is granted, like, the number two in the Empire, which means if he needed access to money, he could definitely just go, hey, uh, I, I use the company credit card and get whatever. Yeah. But it's not his money. He doesn't have a fortune. He has the Empire's money. Yeah, the question here is, we're describing Vader's personal fortune, and where is that coming from? Like, I mean, even in Steve Perry's characterization of Darth Vader in this book, he gives zero fucks about anything that isn't beating the shit out of people, and that's it. Yeah, the only thing in the world that Vader cares... He, he, basically, here's what Vader has in his house. A hyperbaric chamber where he can sleep in and, and, and try to heal himself using dark side magic. Uh, a room where he can fight droids... And some lava. And that's it. That's all he has. He just broods all the time. He doesn't buy things. He doesn't do business. He isn't even the sort of person who's corruptible enough to take bribes. Oh, no. It's not like he's going to go to some place and some, like, imperial official is like, oh, I wanted to build a thing here, but it's against code. I think a few credits might get that by. And he'd be like, no, that's against the law. Don't make me choke you. Good day, sir. <laughs> so am I choking you, or are we done here? <laughs> am, am, I, uh, am I getting my choke on, or am I getting out of here, huh? <laughs> Either way, someone's getting choked to death, so you might want to get an underling in here. <laughs> <laughs> Who's got some bad news for someone? I don't, I don't care who. I mean, that's just my thing. I choke underlings who have bad news. Uh, anybody, anybody got bad news? So where the fuck is, is, I mean, okay, maybe he gets sent out to kill, like, random warlords who are against the Empire, and I guess he gets their treasure. But what what are the odds that he doesn't just turn around and walk away at the end of whatever that? Oh yeah, go kill the Grand Warlord Zablar. No, but, he's gonna show up, straight murder that guy, and then be like, clean this up and leave. Yeah, I have no idea where the idea that he has a fortune is coming from. It's not like he's Scrooge McDuck. No, and that is the description we get is like he has a straight Scrooge McDuck vault. Well, if his fortune was converted to credit coins, he would have a straight Scrooge McDuck vault. Yes. I mean, I could get the Emperor being rich. Sure, the Emperor is definitely rich because he's a corrupt weirdo. Well, yeah, he was a corrupt politician before he became the Emperor. Yeah. No, it, it's just, it just doesn't make any sense. But sure, why not? Vader is super wealthy. Sure, that's fine. Yeah. Uh, and then, here's the other thing. That sentence I use, and, and just 
I'll read through it real fast again. Darth Vader could throw that many credits out a window and never miss them. Were the stories true? According to what he'd heard, if Vader's personal fortune was changed into credit coins and dumped in a pile, you could spend the rest of your life digging in it with a shovel and not get to the bottom. Oh, good. Thanks. And now, uh, what about some micro-machines? <laughs> Put the text in front of me. I'll make it happen. <laughs> uh, but the problem is, point number two, Steve Perry, man, just say... I heard Vader was super rich. Or even just, I heard Vader has money that you couldn't count in a lifetime, or whatever it happens to be. The uh, brevity, not the soul of wit for Steve Perry. No. You, metaphors don't aren't like Sumatran tigers. They don't need 40 miles to range around in to grow to adulthood. <laughs> <laughs> You'd be fine with just saying, I've heard Vader is as rich as a space McDuck. <laughs> oh, space McDuck. <laughs> Gotta be space kilts. <laughs> <laughs> me space money vault. <laughs> me number one space dime. <laughs> That's the only difference. Yeah, one hundred percent identical. Space oh. duck tails. Woo! <laughs> ah, it's magica to space. <laughs> oh man. So, all right. Anyway, Luke basically is sitting around in his room going, man, maybe it's Vader who's after me. I don't think I could beat Vader in a fight. Yeah, well, you know you can't. You already tried, you little bitch. (laughs) He's like, I'm super powerful, but even I don't know if I could take out Vader. Yeah, good guess. You are correct. Has your robot hand telling you that? (laughs) Oh, boy. Meanwhile, uh, the droid who looks like a woman has hidden her ship. Oh, good. Because we have, this is weird. Leia and Chewie, who are, again, going to go with Guri alone to meet up with Shizor, yeah. uh, are, are driving in a car to where Guri has hidden her ship. She didn't park it in the vast parking empire here at the casino planet that she's on. She hid it in a rainforest. Good. Now, keep in mind that she reported to customs when she got there. That's how we knew she was coming. Yep. Uh, and that we tracked her ship on entry and on leaving. Yep. And then, I guess, do we lose track of it when she enters atmosphere so she can hide it in a rainforest? Or is she just doing that for her own feels, feelings? <laughs> she's, she's just been programmed to hide ships. <laughs> Where Do not park your ship normal. Uh, she's hide. like a cat. She's got to hide it. <laughs> she, she hid her ship in a big pl- paper bag. <laughs> yeah. And she ran into it and looked I, out. I got her a toy and she threw the toy away or parked her ship in the box it came in. <laughs> Uh. But anyway, they have to drive for like 200 miles through a bunch of rainforest in a rented car to get to where her ship is parked. Now, this is this is the first incidence of a weird thing that we're going to get from Leia at this point, which is that now that she's learned that Guri is a robot, she has decided, and it's only in Leia's internal monologue, nowhere else in the book, yeah. that Guri doesn't count as a woman anymore. No. Uh, she is the droid who looks like a woman. And Leia will have a nonstop string of, I am following Guri. She, I'm sorry, it. She's a, it's a droid. The problem is, even within that internal monologue, Steve Perry is not consistent with it, and he'll just switch right back into she. He uses she consistently. Everyone in the book uses she consistently except Leia. Leia is, <laughs> is made bigoted against trans droids. But even then... It's still in her own internal monologue is like, ah, I eventually forget that I'm supposed to be saying it and we'll go back to she. Why isn't she a she, by the way? What's the problem? It, uh, she clearly is, uh, she meaning Leia, is clearly fine with identifying 3PO as a he. Yeah. All the way through this book. 3PO is clearly a male droid, but Guri is an it. Yeah. I, I, I guess it's an uncanny valley thing or something. And you it, tried to trick me. Yeah. yeah. That's what it is. She's basically doing that whole trap thing. Yes. What? 
I'm feeling real bad for Princess Leia in this situation. Princess Leia throughout this entire book is just getting just, real character assassination. dumped on by the author. I mean, she's weirdly space racist. She's extremely dumb. She spends her time wondering about who, which boy she can love the most. And then she meets a droid who has decided that the droid has a gender. And she's like, no, I draw a line in the sand. Never. You shall never be a woman. Anyway, 3PO, my male droid buddy, let's get out of here. <laughs> anyway... Guri takes them to her spaceship, and her spaceship is also female. Not yeah. because all spaceships are female, sure. I mean, I know we do that, where we gender all of our ships, but they have to tell us that her ship is the, feminine. The Stinger is feminine. Oh, yeah. Well, it looks like boobs. Well, <laughs> did you look it up? Because I looked it up. Uh-huh. Uh, and it is basically, it looks like a figure eight. Yeah, it's a figure eight, but... You know what a figure eight looks like? On its side? Boobs. Boobs. <laughs> well, no, it's more that it has an hourglass figure to it. It looks like like a primitive stone statue of Jessica Rabbit. <laughs> okay. Uh, it's got engines on the bottom, so it looks like a dress down there, and then the top is just the top torso piece. So it's literally a flying hourglass figure. Oh, good. Yeah. I was like, all right, this ship looks ridiculous, and describing it as feminine is ridiculous, but I'm pretty sure FFG is going to have it as an available uh, scum and villainy ship by, like, next year. Oh, I'm sure. Like, 100% chance. Yeah. As soon as we can come up with two more people who can pilot it. Yeah. So, basically, and at this point, they all get aboard her ship, and they're going to fly off to Coruscant to meet up with Cheezor. Uh, and they, I guess they just leave the rental car in the jungle? I guess. I mean, Cheezor's got that city money so he don't give a fuck <laughs> yeah, he's got that he bought the insurance he's got that city minus the down payment on a toyota corolla money he doesn't quite have the the extra three thousand no man he just calls up the rental company he's like hey we left your car out in the rainforest if you want it back go get it bye <laughs> by the way one more clunky thing when they come to the ship guri pulls off like some tarp over it and she goes behold my ship it is called the stinger named so by my master an appropriate designation Really? Does it have a stinger? Does it look like a bee? What the fuck? What? Is it rep reminiscent of that Nintendo video game stinger? Is it, well, I mean, kind of, a little bit, if it had boxing gloves. I mean, does it have Sting's face paint? <laughs> the wrestler, not not the singer. Both. It has both. It has, it has Sting, the singer's face paint. <laughs> Whenever you start the engine, a voice goes, I will kill him! <laughs> it's a Dune joke. Ah, uh, Dune. Dune. An appropriate des What the hell is that? Why is she having to do these dumb femme fatale lines? Yeah, I mean, you'd think if it was like, this is the speed chaser, this is the shoot shooter, or something. Yeah, it would be an appropriate designation if it was called the Guri's Ship. <laughs> he has named it the Guri's Ship, an appropriate designation, for it is my ship. As it stands, it's basically like she's Lucy Liu in a 1996 B-movie. <laughs> and I pilot it. A dangerous combination. Uh. <laughs> so, <laughs> actually, that now I think appropriate designation is sounding like a Skinamax movie from like 1996. Oh man, yeah, 100%. <laughs> appropriate designations. <laughs> uh. You know Jamie Presley's taking her top off in this. <laughs> it's, it's time to get them Red Shoe Diaries going on. <laughs> so... Uh, I guess they're going to go ahead and take that thing off. Uh, Leia stops for a moment before they do to have an expository uh, self-thought about what's been happening. She's like, oh gosh, I sure am disappointed that I'm leaving Lando here, and I wonder where Luke and Dash Rendar are. My Any goodness. Anyway, let's get soaked by the rainforest rain and then get on that ship. We cut back to Luke. Luke has been practicing Jedi stuff to pass the time. <laughs> Luke's been hovering. <laughs> he's just been hovering. He's just He's just been sort of hovering over his cot for fun. 
uh, basically just practicing Jedi stuff because he's locked in a room. Uh, and then Skatul shows up again. And Skatul just wants to know, or wants Luke to know, that she's playing him off between two bidders. Oh, yeah. They, they're, because they're super rich people, they're like, maybe we can get even more credits if we go, hey, guy who wants him dead, we have him alive and we're going to give him to the guy who's paying more. I feel like that's just a really dangerous idea. Yeah, and they even mentioned it in the book. I'm like, you have two people who have fuck you money. Yeah. And you're going to be like, hey, we got the guy you're looking for. I'm like, oh, you're immediately dead. Yeah, they're just going to trace your call and come kill you. The The best thing you can do here is to draw zero attention to yourself. Yeah. Just try to get the friggin' bounty. It's already enormous. And just be I, I hate that I'm a better bounty hunter than Skatool. She <laughs> seems perfectly competent to me. No, she's perfectly competent as far as, like, finding a guy and capturing him goes. She's just very bad at business. Yeah. Yeah. God damn. So, anyway, this leads us to a subchapter that's only about a paragraph long, and it is our first check-in with Shizor for this episode. Uh, and Shizor. both of the Shizor check-ins in this, in this episode, sadly, are just going to be exactly the same as they were in the last episode. So, for, what, six chapters in a row... He's just sitting in his room, steepling his fingers and thinking about how he's going to rape Princess Leia. Oh, he's he's all about it. He's like, oh, yeah, I'm I run a vast, ridiculous criminal empire, and I'm probably one of the most important people in the entire galaxy. And boy, howdy, do I spend days, literally days doing nothing and thinking about getting my dick wet. That's all he's doing. He's sitting in his room. <laughs> he must have like a PS4 in there. <laughs> Like, he just pauses between Overwatch rounds to think about how definitely he is going to score with that princess as soon as she gets here. All he has to do is carry his printer over to her house. <laughs> uh, I still stand by my, this is basically a grown-up version of blank check. <laughs> That's good, I like that too. But, okay, in this scene, all he's doing is thinking about how Guri has managed to get Princess Leia and she's bringing him back. And then he goes, ugh, Guri makes this too easy. In the old days, I had to work to rape random princesses. Oh, yeah. Well, his whole thing is like, man, I used to work at getting stuff done, and this is so easy. I'm like, dude, this isn't... You You didn't engineer this. She wanted to come see you. This isn't you like, oh, my machinations are so easily done. You're just going along with her plan. <laughs> yep. That's all it is. And that and that's the end of this check-in with Shizor. And that's Shizor. <laughs> I mean, we got one more today, but still, that is just sad. Uh, anyway, now we have to jump. God, this is one chapter still, folks. We're still in chapter 22. But let's go talk with the Emperor. Oh, the What's Emperor. What's going on with SheVP? Oh, uh, are you down with SheVP? Yeah, you know me. <laughs> <laughs> he is. He's on his favorite chair. His favorite chair. You can tell it's his favorite chair because it sits a half meter higher than all the other chairs in the room. And it's got built-in uh, uh, drink koozies. And it has a big bass thumper in it. So when he's playing video games, he gets all kinds of vibrated. Oh, yeah. And when he sits down, it says... Hello, Sheev. <laughs> For a second, I thought the joke should be that he that the chair also calls him Sheezor. <laughs> Hello, yeah. Sheezor. Sheevor. All all chairs in the universe call everyone Sheezor. It's just a weird coincidence. <laughs> but but no, his favorite chair definitely calls him Sheev. Yeah. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, he's always sitting in his favorite chair, and he calls in Darth Vader, because Lord knows we haven't had this conversation five times already in the book. Uh, so, Vader, <laughs> Vader comes stomping in. I love this, because every time the Emperor talks to Vader, it's, 
hey, Vader, I need you to go do a thing. And Vader's like, that's a ridiculously menial task. Why are you sending your number two in command, the most ridiculous badass you have, to go run bullshit errands for you? And he's like, just fuck, do it. Fuck you, that's why. Uh, because you annoy me. I'm having a party, and I don't want you here bringing it down. <laughs> Last time I had a get-together and you were here, you just kept trying to fight all my guests. <laughs> you kept standing in a corner trying to talk everyone into the way of the dark side. It was just br- a bummer, man. Come on. <laughs> also, quit turning off the stereo and putting on Duel of Fates. <laughs> all you ever did was talk to people about how much you hate sand. We get it. Everyone knows you hate sand. Also, stop showing people your stumps. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so he Shiva's going to have a party, and he needs to send Vader out. We're calling it the No Vader's Club party. <laughs> oh, but you let Bill Vader in. We're allowed to have one. <laughs> it's No Vader's. <laughs> well, you can tell them, because we locked out Bill Vader's. <laughs> and Darth Vader's. <laughs> Hi, I'm Bill Vader's. Come on down to my space emporium. <laughs> We've got death sticks for miles. <laughs> Did you want death sticks? Life sticks? Light sticks? <laughs> Twilight of Life sticks? We got so many sticks, we don't know what to do with them. <laughs> so, it's a veritable forest in here. Bill Vader, Space Emporium. <laughs> so so Sheev wants uh, Darth Vader to go to Cothless, because that's, uh, just like we were just saying, uh, he has immediately identified where Luke Skywalker is and who is holding him. Well, yeah, because they're the ones that have the I want him alive bounty. That's correct. And it took them zero seconds to establish who has him and where. And rather than paying the bounty, they're just going to fly over there in a Star Destroyer and fucking take him. Yeah. Like, the moment the bounty hunters picked up Luke Skywalker, they signed all of their own death warrants. Well, even then, Vader's like, I don't give a fuck. I'd pay whatever. I don't give a shit. Yeah, he's fine. But basically, he was hoping that that Luke would simply be delivered to his house so he could stay here on Coruscant and keep his eyes on that shifty snake, Sheezor. Oh, that Sheezor, he's up to no good. He's definitely up to something. Oh, he's a bad influence on Sheev. (laughs) Also, he's so sexy for some reason and mysterious and dangerous. (laughs) And calculating. (laughs) But but So he doesn't want to go. He's like, oh, I don't want to go to... Cothless. Why are you just sending me to Cothless to pick up a dude? Chief, to his credit, actually has a pretty good reason. It's because he doesn't give a fuck about Luke Skywalker. The The plans for the Death Star 2 are there, and though he doesn't want the plans for the Death Star 2, he wants the Rebels to have them. He wants it to look like they are very important, so he's sending his biggest dancing bear to go wave the flag around. Yeah. So he even tells Vader that. He's like, look... You don't fucking matter in this situation. You're going to go out there, look all scary, wave your... Oh, I should do this in the, she's or, in the she voice. You're going to go down there, wave your lightsaber around, look all scary, maybe choke someone, probably on your own side, because you're so fucking wasteful, <laughs> and then come back with, I guess, Luke Skywalker, but you leave those plans there. <laughs> Vader's like, do I have to? Yes! Quit asking! Everything is a military order. Everything I say. Just assume that what I'm saying is an order. (laughs) So that's the end of that. That's what's going to happen. Vader's heading off to Cothless, and he's taking his biggest Star Destroyer toy with him. Oh, yeah, he's going out in the Executor. So what this is basically confirming for us is that most of the plot of this book is just to justify one line from Return of the Jedi. The line where Luke is hanging out in the throne room with the Emperor, and he goes... Oh, I'm a friend, you're friend, you're afraid you're I'm friends. a friend, you Fred. <laughs> I'm your friend, Palpatine. <laughs> Not your pal, friend, Palpatine. <laughs> <laughs> he, uh, 
He says, I'm afraid your friends are going to find out that this is a fully armed and operational battle station. Because the whole thing is, he's released plans that say the Death Star is almost done, not done. Yeah. So this the whole book is basically explaining how that trap works. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, so... I guess there he goes. Vader's Vader's headed off to Cothless to clear this whole fucking thing up. Uh, let's note that on on his way out, he basically has the dumbest metaphor possible about who Shizor is. Lord knows we haven't seen any of these yet. This time, I guess Shizor is like a fog, but also like a reptile spider. Yep, he's a reptile. He's a spider that's scaly and has a web, but he's like is a, basking, lays eggs, and and some doesn't really stay to raise the young and. Does push-ups in your lawn on your lawn for some reason? <laughs> yeah, I I can one hundred percent see fucking cheese or doing push-ups on someone's lawn though. <laughs> huh? Huh? Is do- yeah, you like that? Is this doing anything for you? What about my what about my super sexy uh, pheromone stank? Huh? Is that getting in there? I'm all orange now. Let me, let me waft that in there, huh? Uh, look, I could do like ten of these. Watch, want to see me do a one-handed one? I can only do one, but damn. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to do a push-up and then clap and then do the push-up. I just realized what would happen. He would have his big bed that does exercises for him wheeled onto someone's lawn so he could lie in it. <laughs> Making his bed do push-ups for him. <laughs> hey, I'm just lying here, but I want you to know that I'm doing the exercises of push-ups. Yeah, uh, my muscles think it, I'm doing push-ups. Just doing anything? Huh? Huh? You into that she's or? <laughs> I guess okay, so I guess he's like a fog because he gets everywhere, and I guess also because he's wet, and he's like a reptile spider because he spins cloying webs. That's right, cloying webs. Now cloying, I know, I, I think it can mean sticky, but usually it, it's used to mean sweet. Yes. So that's kind of a. Like, I guess he spins sugary, sweet, like cotton candy webs. Yeah, he's a he's a cotton candy reptile spider clown yeah oh he's basically just pennywise then i guess (laughs) there you go he's a reptile spider with cotton candy webs he's he's pennywise the clown he's pennywise the clown except pennywise who wants to rape princess leia when normally it's just all of princess leia's friends (laughs) god damn it (laughs) all right so meanwhile speaking of princess leia they are showing up at coruscant and uh we get another uh thing that happens in the next movie pop up here when uh, Guri goes rummaging around in her ship and throws disguises at both Leia and Chewbacca. Yeah, this is going to be another chapter where Leia is just a mean piece of shit. Just a horrible asshole. Like, but again, especially to Chewbacca. Oh, yeah, she's ne- she's going to be mean to Chewbacca through this entire book, and the entire time, it just makes you not like Princess Leia, and you have to stop and remind yourself, wait, Princess Leia was nice to Chewbacca, except for the one time she was mad at Han. Yeah. The one time she called him a walking carpet. Otherwise, she was perfectly fine and had a good professional relationship with that guy who was clearly an intelligent starship engineer. Yes. But in this book, she's mean to him because he's a big, weird dog. Yep. <laughs> it's just like, oh, and then Chewbacca roared something, and I was like, shut up, dog. So so here's here's what happens. She uh Guri in this case, I'm sorry, the droid who looks like a she, uh. opens up a, a a thing and throws that bounty hunter disguise at Leia that she will be wearing at the start of Return of the Jedi. Yeah. And Leia smells it and she's like, "Uh, it's stinky and itchy. I don't like it. This is yeah. dirty. This, I'm a princess. I'm, this is a this is uh, Don't you have a washing machine? Ew. My dad's going to hear about this. Uh. So, so she, but she puts it on eventually, and then Chewbacca walks out, and Chewbacca has been forced to to shave his hair into a guile or play haircut. Yeah, whichever one that. of those two guys had the high fade, uh, both. They both okay. Yeah, 
So he's got that haircut, an eye patch, cybernetic crap all over him. He's had to shave his or, or had to dye his fur black. Yep. And he comes out and he he roars. This this uh, fur dye is uncomfortable. Well, he he just roars something. She yeah. doesn't know, but she just goes, "Uh, stop complaining. We have to do this." Yeah. He could have just come out and been like, "Well, I changed," but no. She's just like, "Oh, I assume you're complaining because I'm uncomfortable. So fuck you." Yeah. Way to project, Leia. Anyway, we also get some details here about who Boosh was, the bounty hunter uh, whose disguise Leia is wearing. Yes, I heard he was mighty. So here's some fun stuff about... (laughs) God damn it. Yeah, fuck you. (laughs) All right. Didn't mean to roll over it. You got me. (laughs) Boosh is an Ubi's bounty hunter, which is not a coincidence because Leia speaks some Ubi's. Ubi's. Now, you remember from the movie, her kind of just going, meh, 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 meh. That's kind of how it was. The idea that she's speaking that, and it's not just robot voice coming out of that helmet, is kind of a surprise to me. Yeah. Uh, but here's what we know about Ubi's, thanks to Wikipedia. <laughs> what we know about Ubi's is that you want to you wanna grab a hold of them, and they, they're, they're all soft. Uh, well, here's something you didn't know that Ubi's do. They want to be like you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank you. <laughs> Did that get you? Did that actually? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ubi's do. <laughs> That's, you got me. You got me good. That's all I wanted. Yep. So Ubi's are very human-y looking. Uh, they're a little willowier, and they have glowing eyes, of course. And most of them are very dark brown in color. However, you wouldn't know this, because no one in the galaxy has seen an Ubi's, because they're always wearing those outfits. Well, yeah, because the, I don't know, the environment that most people live in would be poisonous so, to them. So I guess never no one's ever gone to their planet? Well, I guess, maybe. It's like the Volus, you know, like in, in Mass Effect, there's those Volus guys, you yeah. never get to see what they look like in there, and you you start getting curious, but then you're like, wait a minute, someone's seen them, there's pictures or something. Someone's gone to the planet Volus or whatever. Yeah, and they've seen these things, and they're like, ah, oh, they're just little rotund dudes, don't worry about it. <laughs> they're the little fatty dumpingtons, don't worry. <laughs> it's fine, they look like you think they would look. <laughs> they look like a big fat mole. Yeah, uh, but I, I love this, that no one in the world has ever seen a new bee's. Uh, but here's another thing I learned, and this is just my favorite thing about reading Wikipedia. Here we go again. Fun fact. A great number of Ubi's died or went ill due to a plague called the Intestinal Revenge of Bars Barca. So they, what, did they drink the water? <laughs> That's correct. <laughs> they had too much water when they were visiting some other planet, and they all got the Intestinal Revenge of Bars Barca. Yeah, they went to Space Mexico, drank the water, and got the intestinal revenge of Bars Barca. Got to be space kilts. <laughs> uh. <laughs> what the hell? Why, why is that a thing in Star Wars? The intestinal... Re- yeah, whatever. Uh, all right, so Boosh is dead because, this is great, because he tried to rascal some extra credits out of the Black Sun. Yeah, he certainly did try and get more money than he should have. He didn't just try to get more money. He tried to rascal some more money. That's the second time we've seen rascal in this book. (laughs) Uh, He tried to hack some more money? Because that's apparently what rascal is. (laughs) He tried to hack a few extra credits out of them. And then Gurry has to do the whole, like, let's just say he's no longer available for conversation. He's permanently retired. He's passed beyond the veil of your interest. He's very dead. (laughs) Just say he's dead, Gurry. Quit wasting time. You are a robot. You don't care about that <laughs> shit. You are a gendered robot. I acknowledge that. You don't need to euphemism this bullshit. Yeah, there we go. 
All right. And that's the end of chapter 22. That is a long goddamn chapter. Luckily, chapter 24 is about two pages. Oh, yeah. So, chapter 23. Luke, you would not believe it, is hanging out in prison. Goodness gracious. A random guard brings him some food. Uh, Luke wants to know what time it is, and the guard tells him what time it is. And it's uh, evening. It's evening Which is time. important. Now, here's, here's something that surprises me. Does Luke have no way to tell time? Well, in the cell, it's sort of like being in Vegas. There's no window or anything. Okay, so he's deep inside of a building, so there's no windows. There's no uh, like lights that go on and off or anything. So Yeah, he just has one small like light source that's always on. Wouldn't you think that he'd have a clock calendar installed in his robot hand? Maybe. It just seems like a useful place to put I mean, things, probably right? not, though. I mean, I, I guess not, because the whole idea of it is... It was just filled up with too possible. many apps, though. He is playing Angry Birds while he's in his cell. <laughs> he had to have the clock removed from his cell phone. That's You've got a problem at that point. You're playing way too many little collect-a-thing like Family Guy games if you have to have the clock taken off your phone. Oh, yeah. He's like, the clock's taking up too much room. I gotta have a thing where I turn eggs into words. I need to... <laughs> I have to spell these bears. <laughs> I gotta make these bears spell things. <laughs> uh, anyway, the, the, here's some fun stuff that, to talk about. Uh, what he's brought to eat. Oh, good. Some gunk. So, uh, mud he, boat. Well, first of all, <laughs> gunk mud boat, a reference to another show. <laughs> uh, he has brought soy pro cutlets. Yes. So he's got. He's having a nice vegan meal. He's having a vegan meal, which is weird because his captor is a barabelle, an all carnivorous lizard. Well, that's probably why, is because they're eating all the meat. Yeah. But also, that that establishes that soy is a thing in space. Yeah. Well, there's of course there's space soy. Uh, it's not even called space soy. It's just called soy. They just they just uh, they have to call protein pro. Fair enough. Just, <laughs> just thought that was kind of an interesting thing to note. Like in a universe where they have to call coffee like caffeine, like caffeine or something, or vine co- vine calf or whatever they call it. They have like twelve names for coffee in different Star Wars yes. books. The, soy is still just fine. Some kind of orange crunchy thing and some kind of green crunchy thing. Yay! It's, I in it, my mind I just thought it was like carrots and kale i'm pretty sure that's all it is because i was like oh he's got a good vegan meal it's just that they didn't want to slip and use any real world vegetables after they already did with the soy they're like ah shit i can't hit backspace so we're we're stuck with it (laughs) it's gotta stay in there shoot soy isn't a space word i should have called that like zoi with an x (laughs) yeah (laughs) also he has brought brown fizzy sweet liquid so he gets a coke he gets a coke but he, he has to describe his, I don't know what this, this is some sort of brown, fi- you, fuck you, Luke, you grew up in a gas station. <laughs> Remember, you spend all your time at Toshi Station looking for power converters and bullshit, you know what a soda is. Yeah, I just love, oh, it's got a weird red label with white swirls on it, what could this be? <laughs> Turn this sideways and upside down and it becomes Arabic writing that has a secret message. <laughs> yeah, I just... Come on, Luke knows what goddamn soda is. He is a street rat from a shit planet. Hey, well, maybe shit planets don't get soda. If maybe had, soda's a delicacy. He is from such a low-class environment that if he hadn't grown up into a Jedi starfighter pilot, he would have just been a member of the Hold Steady. <laughs> uh, <laughs> jokes. Jokes. All right. <laughs> so, anyway, he gets ready to escape, sort of. Yeah. Meanwhile, Leia, now known as Boosh the Bounty Hunter, and, <laughs> and Chewie, now known as... Snoova. Snoova. <laughs> it's a me, Snoova. Snoova, Snoova, yay. <laughs> there it is. That's a good one. I'm digging that. Yeah. They have to get through customs, and uh, there's some customs imperial dude who's talking to Leia, and he's like, what are you doing here? I'm a bounty hunter. What are you here for? Bounty hunting. Okay. Well, you can pass, but I need to get that helmet off you. I'm that like, will literally kill me. Yeah, that would kill me. I can arrange for an atmosphere room. Yeah, but remember, in history, no one's ever seen my species. 
Like, no one? It would be real weird if you just saw us all the time at customs. That would be real weird. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyway, this is narrowly circumvented when uh, Chewbacca just sort of smooths like, the rails. He's like, let's go. He's like, hey, man, let's hurry this shit up. I got up. an appointment. Yeah, and for a moment, she has to go like, oh, good old dependable Chewie. He's always there when I need him. Next time he says something, I'll be sure to snap at him about it and try and get him to shut up. Good old dependable Chewie. Now I can forgive him for chewing up my sneakers. Yes. Good old dependable Chewbacca. How I hate him. (laughs) (laughs) Uh. All right. So basically, uh, they get out. They make it through customs without, without getting caught. And then... Uh, the end of this subchapter is basically just Gurry telling them to roll up the windows because this is the neighborhood they're in. <laughs> well, they have a, a place they're supposed to go meet Gurry. Yeah, Gurry well, like splits off from them at this point. Yeah, it's like, you meet me here so that it doesn't seem like we're together, uh, and then we'll go meet Shizor. Mm-hmm. And so she sends them through a bad neighborhood for like a long walk through Coruscant. Uh, meanwhile, on the bridge of the Executor, the super star destroyer of, of one Darth Vader. <laughs> My favorite scene. Well, so it's the scene so nice it's in this book twice. Yep. Is Vader stands on the bridge of the Executor. A random underling happens by. Vader says, "Are we there yet?" The the uh random underling says, "No, sir." Vader says, "I'll be in my room." End scene. Finn. <laughs> uh twice. Twice in two ch- in three chapters that happens twice. Every time it's just like, "Let's cut back to this guy. What's he doing?" Oh, what do we have? Three sentences? Great. <laughs> All right. Thanks for the Vader check-in. Hey, did you know space travel takes a while? <laughs> Good job. <laughs> Meanwhile, Luke is mind-fucking some poor guard. Yeah, he he is finally trying to get his mojo up to do the old Jedi mind trick on a guy. Yeah, which I guess he spends like 15 minutes prepping, and then he get, he manages to get a mind lock on the guard outside. He's like, okay, man, uh, get your keys out. You want to open the door. Open the door. Put down your Get rifle. Get on the floor. Everybody, Everybody. walk the dinosaur. <laughs> yeah, so he gets this guy to walk the dinosaur, which I do not remember what that move is. What was the dance in like the late 70s, early 80s that you had to do sitting down? I don't know. Oh, shit. That's going to drive me nuts now. Oh, well. Anyway, he basically gets the guard to come into his room, put down the gun, and fall asleep. Yeah. And he goes, this isn't as complicated as what Obi-Wan was doing, but it'll work in a pinch. And I'm thinking Obi-Wan pretty much just got a guy to parrot back his words for him. Yeah. It was it was impressive because it was super impressive in that movie the first time you get to watch Obi-Wan do magic. Oh, yeah. It's your first time of like, oh, this guy's just a wizard. Yeah. He's just some sort of cool psychic super wizard. He's like, these aren't the droids you're looking for. Oh, these aren't the droids we're looking for. You should go about your business. All right. We're going to go about our business. Get on the floor and do the dinosaur. All right, everybody. Let's get on the floor and do the dinosaur. <laughs> Uh, it's just the pelvic thrust. <laughs> oh uh, my gosh, if I could get Obi-Wan making someone do the time warp again. that <laughs> Now bring your knees in, typed. <laughs> oh, goodness. So yeah, he get he takes the blaster and the keys and whatnot, locks the door behind him, and oh boy, this this seems like it's going to be easy. He th- in fact, too easy, because as just as he's about to leave, he goes, you know what? That was so easy, I bet I could get my lightsaber, too. And he turns around to go back in and try and get his lightsaber. Yep. Doesn't he's he like, have I two? spent so much time on this. <laughs> oh, come on. An easy bake oven spent a bunch of time on it. All you did was cut some chips. <laughs> 
Plus, I, 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 oh no, wait, that's right. He didn't just start another gem to cook a second one, did he? No. Because he's a big dumb idiot. He's a big dumb dummy. I forgot about that. All right, so, uh, so we get a brief scene of Leia and Chewbacca wandering around through the underbelly of Coruscant. Yeah, because instead of going straight to where Guri said, She's going to go see a, a guy about a thing. Yeah, eventually. But for this scene, all she does is go wandering around through a bad hobo neighborhood called the Southern Underground. Oh, yeah. That's what she has to do to get to where she's going. Yeah. So basically, she. this is another example of Steve Perry pulling off some narrative one-upsmanship where he has to say that this neighborhood is worse than Moss Eisley, and it's also worse than some other neighborhood that was all... Oh, it's, it's worse than Moss Eisley, and Moss Eisley was worse than the Rodian Casino District. <laughs> it's like, okay, you remember how Moss Eisley was the most wretched hive of scum and villainy in all the universe or whatever? Let's let the movie have it. If the movie says that its thing is the most thing of all things, let it win. No. That's that from what I have gathered from uh, what I've heard of expanded universe stuff it is that every author is like oh what was that did you say this was the most whatever how about you go fuck yourself <laughs> what's that you say the executor class star destroyer is 19 miles long what if it was 22 miles long oh uh, I'm, I'm kidding it's 19 kilometers long <laughs> <laughs> but you're right that is basically all it is like uh, the the Sun Crusher is the best the, the world's most famous example of that. Yeah, it's it's a ship that instead of blowing up planets blows up stars, and it's instead of huge it's tiny, and instead of vulnerable it's completely invincible. Yeah, no every everything I've heard about the expanded universe at this point is someone looked at something in the movies and went, I can make a guy that's better than that. Yeah, I can make a dude who's more powerful than that dude. That's easy. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Guess what the next scene is, John? What is it? Well, you, you'll never guess. It's Vader asking if he's there yet. <laughs> uh, and uh, indeed he is not. And indeed not. Though yeah. they are, are coming up on the planet. Yeah. So we just had to check in with Vader real quick as they're coming up on the planet, but not yet there. Now we can cut back to Leia, who's going to meet her friend, uh, Femos or Pharos or something, the Hoden. Yeah, that Hoden. They're having a hoedown. Yeah. He, she meets this dude. I think his name, I think it's Fema. No, it's Sparrow. Sparrow the Hoden. And uh, he's a cool botanist dude. Yeah, he's a crazy alien. Uh, apparently, his, his, he lives deep in the bad part of Coruscant, which would make sense because he's an alien, alien species on Imperial-controlled Coruscant. Yeah. Uh, he's famous for inventing a kind of yellow fungus. That is super oxygenating. Yeah, which is hilarious because as soon as Leia walks into his botany shop, she gets lightheaded from, and this is a quote from the book, all the oxy in the air. <sighs> There's two things that I have a problem with there. Mm -hmm. uh, the one is she's got this mask on that it's already been said is filtering things. That's correct. Uh, when she was going through the bad part of town, she's like, oh, it's horrible stench and whatnot, and I feel bad for Chewie, but... My breather, like, filters out most of this stuff, so even if there was a ton of oxygen in a room, it should be filtering to be normal. The other one is, oxy's a thing. Oxy is definitely a thing, and I think it was a thing in 1996 as well. <laughs> I mean, I understand you can't just say oxygen, because that's not space adventure enough, so we have to shorten it to oxy, but apparently she's getting lightheaded the way Rush Limbaugh gets lightheaded. Ha <laughs> ha! Yes. This poor sparrow is in there. I've invented a type of yellow fungus that pumps oxycontin into the atmosphere. Dude, he would be so rich. <laughs> like crazy rich. 
So Leia's having a uh, Rush Limbaugh party. And again, imagine what must be happening to Chewie in this situation. Poor Chewie. Since he doesn't have the filter on. Like, he was probably okay out in the hobo jungle. He's just some big weird dog. He probably loved that smell. <laughs> Every 10 feet when they were walking through it, he's stop. at a stop. He's like, oh, ooh, what's this smell? Oh, does that smell oh. like pee? I think another Chewbacca was here. <laughs> I think not another Wookiee, <laughs> another Chewbacca. You fucking racist. <laughs> Man, I can name more Wookiees than you can. Get out of here. Eh, probably, yeah. <laughs> From Lauric to Wolfwaru to Mala to Oh, yes, we're all impressed with all the Wookiee friends you have. I have so many Wookiee <laughs> friends, you guys. In fact, you know, I, I, I often am considered the first Wookiee president of this podcast. <laughs> I just gotta check my P-mail, Leia. Okay, now he's got a cartoon do- dog voice. That's, <laughs> that's what Chewbacca's actually yeah, saying. Yeah, that's it. That's Chewbacca now. Chewbacca's a cartoon dog that checks the P-mail. <laughs> oh, man. That Dangleham is mine. Ooh, Dangleham. <laughs> so, so basically, she's coming to see this Hodin, who, by the way, is described as a yellow guy with red tubes for hair that is three meters tall. Yeah, super huge dude with weird, like, almost snake hair. I had to go look these things up on Wikipedia, and while there was nothing especially funny about them that was worth bringing back to the show, uh, the pictures of them all look like if Warlock from the X-Men universe was turned into a real boy. (laughs) Okay. Like, literally, you remember Warlock, right? Of course. Not just you, but listeners. He's uh, that robot that's really annoying and ruins black and yellow robot. Yeah, usually just drawn as most of the background in any given X-Factor scene. Yeah. He's just back there going like, ah, beep boop. Like, he's just just a terrible character. Yeah. He's a real horrible part of the X-Men. Well, imagine if he got turned into a real boy and he turned into a giant yellow freak with red stupid tubes for hair. There you go. That's what these guys are. And basically, she goes to see him because he might have information. He might, and they they need this information. Now, what great information that going through the worst part of town and having to deal with possibly getting, like, murdered and going to see someone when she's trying to lay low, what possible information could she be after? Hey, who runs Black Sun? Oh, that's Shizor. Thank you, bye! (laughs) That's the only question I had. No further questions. (laughs) Hey, what's this Wookiee saying? (laughs) Yo, uh, what what kind of treats can I get this Wookiee to really make his coat shine? <laughs> hey, do you have any treats that freshen breath for my Wookiee? <laughs> That's it. She hey, does, my Wookiee has heartworm. There's a huge fucking detour. This giant nonsense bullshit so that she can go, hey, what's the name of the guy that runs Black Sun? Oh, it's Shizor. Great, thanks. No further questions. Goodbye. <laughs> Peace out. This is this is amazing. Also, he doesn't want to just give that information to anyone, so she has to come in and say, you owe a favor to Princess Leia. And he's like, yes, indeed I do. But uh, I owe it to her, not you. How do I know you're from her? Well, how else would we know about the debt? And he's like, that checks out. Anyway, it's Black Sun, and it's run by Shizor, Princess Leia. Yeah. And, mm. and, and she's like, however did you know it was me? And he's like, well, because you mentioned yourself the moment you came in the room. Like you always do, you huge diva. <laughs> <laughs> uh, because you called ahead and said you wanted a bowl of only green Skittles set out. <laughs> because you checked in on Foursquare. <laughs> you had a writer to come in here. <laughs> because you left me a mean Yelp review in the time it took you to see- to find me in here. <laughs> Uh, too much uh, oxy. Ew, two stars. This place is too yellow. They let in Wookies. <laughs> too much oxy in the air. Two stars. <laughs> Would be one star. Had a bunch of oxy in the air. Two stars. <laughs> so 
anyway, she's like, thank you. Please consider your debt repaid. And he has to do some fucking, no, my my grandchildren's ga- grandchildren would not be able to live long enough to repay the debt we owe you. What do you think it was? I don't know, man. Because one of the things you start noticing throughout this book is everyone, every one of the main cast members is owed a favor by about 15 people on every planet they go to. And it's not just like a minor favor. Everyone's owed like a life debt. Leia, at this point in the trilogy, is 20 years old. She spent the first 16 of them living on Alderaan, and the last four running around with a rebellion. So she must have done a rebellion favor for this guy. Well, somehow his family wouldn't be alive without her, so... So she probably rescued him from some Imperials once. That must I, be it. I guess. Yeah, anyway, now she gets she gets her answer, and off they go. Yeah, now they're going to go meet Guri. Yeah. And that's the end of the chapter. There we go. We're, we're coming up on the end of this surpri- probably way too long episode. Oh, my God, yeah. Yeah, super way too long. <laughs> that's fine. I can always cut the cookie thing. <laughs> All right, chapter 24. What's going on? Luke, not a lot. Not really. Luke's running around inside that b- bounty hunter ca- compound. He finds his lightsaber real easily and is then stopped by a Nikto. Yeah, he's he's reaching for his comm link so that he can call up R2 to prep the X-Wing or whatever. And then some guy's like, Hey, don't move or I'll shoot. And his response, instead of being like, hold on, let me just be like, you don't want to shoot me. You want to come in here and put your gun down and actually get out of here without any fucking nonsense is, well, time to turn on my lightsaber and go nuts. So a Nikto, if you're wondering, is one of the Java sail barge races. Uh, basically just like a, a, a brown or yellow guy with a bunch of crap on his face. And in, in this case, it was horn-ridged eyebrows. Uh, you can tell it's a, a Jabba Sail Barge thing because that's where the three species of Klaatu and Barada were also introduced. Yes. Yeah, that's a real Star Wars joke, in case you were curious. Uh. It's always great when these things show up and things. Yep. So uh, this Nikto takes a pot shot at Luke with his blaster, who deflects it with the lightsaber so it hits the Nikto in the foot, causing him to bounce around the room on one foot, yelling, ow, 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 ow. Yeah. And then it, all of a sudden it cuts to commercial and there's like a little cowboy singing near a fire hydrant and he goes, after these messages, we'll be right back. Yeah, because that's how cartoonish that was. Fuck you, book. Yeah. And then not even, we know that Luke is 100% willing to just murder these guys. Yeah. Because the next scene is him just running down a hall murdering people. Yeah. But the fact that he's like, oh, I'm going to deflect this. And then instead of then following that up with cutting his head off or whatever so that he doesn't alarm anyone... I'm going to let him bounce around yelling, ow, ow, my foot, ow. Not only is it that, but also, at this point, Steve Perry has to interject and let us know that this is a hilarious scene by adding the sentence, this is funny. <laughs> this is funny. <laughs> that, or it would be funny, I think is what he says. This would be funny if it wasn't so serious. This would be funny if it was possibly written by someone else. <laughs> this would be funny if it was a good Seinfeld joke. <laughs> I like I like to think that Steve Perry is just some like writing robot and he's like this would be human humor were I capable of it. <laughs> Why did the chicken cross the road? No doubt because chicken feed was available in a proximity on the other side. <laughs> Who could tell? I have an experiment set up to tell me about chicken behaviors. Knock knock. Who is there? I am Steve Perry. <laughs> it is me. <laughs> Please let me in your domicile. <laughs> Oh, two men walk into a bar. They drink there and leave. <laughs> uh, yeah. So anyway, yeah. Uh, uh, meanwhile, 
Leia and Chewie meet up with Guri on the surface of Coruscant at a little tiny park. And Guri immediately says, you guys were gone a long time. What the fuck were you guys doing? What were you doing? Why why are you wasting my time? And who did you for sure meet up with? And I am definitely going to have killed later. (laughs) Yeah. I'm like, it's one thing if you were like, oh, on the way to wherever we were going to meet Guri, there's someone I can meet up with. But she's like, no, we're going to do this weird thing down into the underground of this city. Meet up with a dude, then come all the way back, and then meet Guri. So this is another example right here of Leia finding Guri and saying, she looks, wait, no, it looks suspicious of me. Uh. It's not a lady, it's a droid. And I gotta wonder, at this point, what other things does she think not count as ladies? (laughs) Does she think, for example, that Chewbacca's wife is a lady? This... This lady, wait, no, sorry, dog. <laughs> this big weird bitch. <laughs> it, it's not offensive. She's a lady dog. She's a lady giant weird alien dog. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, Mala is a perfectly wonderful ca- ca- uh, character in the Star Wars universe. I bet she doesn't think she counts as a lady. I bet, because she's horrible. Anyway, that's the end of that. She meets up with Guri, thinks of Guri as not counting as female, and then off they go to try and meet up with Shizor. Yep. We go right back to Luke, and Luke is just sort of easy-moding his way through these bounty hunters. He's running down a hallway. No one is in his way. They're just, like, peeking around doors and shooting. Mm-hmm. And he's just killing them as he goes. And the description uh, the description of the bounty hunters is them going, Oh, my God, there he is! Wait, no! Oh! Oh, no! Ah, he got me! Like, and he's just carving his way through them like friggin' a hot knife through butter. And, of course, and, and this is the third time in the book that this has happened, where Luke is described as effortlessly killing infinite chuds. Yeah, there's a whole bunch of dudes, and he's just deflecting bolts and cutting people in half. Just as much as he wants. Uh, the first time, it's TIE Fighters. The second time, it's Swoop Gang members. And now here we are, where he's doing it with a lightsaber in person. And all three times, the way it goes is, Luke is effort- effortlessly killing as many goons as he wants forever, and nothing will ever go wrong. He can't do this forever. Yeah, it's it's weird that he's like, oh, he's hyper-competent and could take on a million people, but he can't do this forever. And I'm like, what, has he got a timer? What's going to happen? Does he shut off after 10 minutes? What's going on? His lightsaber turns back into a pumpkin. Yeah. I'm like, what is it What is it about to chime midnight? What's going I'm on like, here? I'm like, yeah, he can't do this forever. There's only like 10 Swoop Gang members. Eventually, he'll kill them all. Oh, yeah. I'm like, there's. it's a bunch of sleepy people. This isn't an infinite hallway. Eventually, he's going to get to a door. He wasn't captured by infinite bounty hunters. Yeah. It's, it's not like a zombie movie where there's just a horde of Well, them. I mean, this is based on a uh, PlayStation, or, I'm uh, sorry, an N64 video game. Maybe he can't do this forever because they'll just keep respawning. Yeah. He, he can't. He has to do the actual mission trigger. Eventually, the player has to turn the game off and do his, his physics homework, so... <laughs> He can't do this forever. His mom is going to get real mad, you guys. Oh, God. So, basically, he's just sort of running around, killing as many guys as he wants, and then all of a sudden, a door or a, a wall bursts open because Lando has rammed a land speeder through it. Yeah. And then Lando has to go like, uh, hey, uh, I... Hey, you I, uh, call I, for a taxi? I borrowed this land speeder, and by borrowed, I mean the owner gave it to me because I stole it from him. <laughs> Like, just, just say, let's go. You don't need to smarmily explain that you can steal things. We all know you're a thief. You're like Space Dane Cook. <laughs> also, uh, we get Lando gets to come in and be like, also, I effortlessly dispatch, like, five bounty hunters immediately. Yeah. Like, I just shoot them, and they all die, and no one hits me, and we're all amazing. And I'm like, man, these bounty hunters are garbage. <laughs> they are How the did w- they manage to even catch Luke in the first place? Come on now. So, anyway, they start driving away, and... Le- Luke immediately has some questions. He's like, where's Princess Leia? 
Oh, she's not here. Okay. What about Dash Rendar? He's all mopey and depressed. What about Chewbacca? He's with Leia. Okay, well, we don't have time to play Question the Quarren anymore. <sighs> God damn it. Stop doing that shit. I don't need alliteration in my fucking sayings. Well, you know, that, that's because we have that famous uh, question... Uh, question game where you ask a bunch of questions we call it hound the human yeah yeah you know. that's, that's what we call that here on earth 20 questions isn't what we call it that's no 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 it's called hound the human until like until you get the answer you want you have to go with question the quarren because quarren of course are known for answering questions only you a- after you ask them enough <laughs> yeah that's their whole species trait <laughs> if you're wondering what those even are they're the squid head dudes they're the dudes who have like the kind of like edge like wingy edges and then like four squid tentacles are basically space illithids oh okay yeah uh, i was thinking of the nautilids when you were saying that oh no the ones with the with tentacles for hair yeah like uh, kit fisto no quarren are they live on the same planet as mon calamari and are kind of naturally not very big fans of them great they tend to be more aligned with the empire okay. and also they are susceptible to questioning <laughs> <laughs> why not use one of the other q races like the Karash or the quarks yeah, question the quarks. <laughs> quarks and, then, are... and then they'd be like, no way, do you got latinum? <laughs> <laughs> quarks. Quarks with an O are Aww. ogres that live on the forest moon of Endar. They, are only, they only show up in the droid, or sorry, the Ewok <laughs> cartoon series. <laughs> uh, I was the glass quark. <laughs> quark, it's season eight. They can't afford to show me tra- changing shape anymore. <laughs> I was a chair. Anyway, I'm here now. Oh, man. But no, no more time to play Question the Quarren. Yep. There and, you go. And off they speed. Uh, meanwhile, Shizor. Meanwhile, Shizor Meanwhile, has... Shizor, by the way, would be a great name for a one-man show about him. <laughs> meanwhile, Shizor. Shizor is pruning his bonsai tree. I mean, his miniature fire thorn tree. And boy, howdy, is he getting real up his own ass about this little mini tree. <laughs> like, he's like, oh, th- this is a miniature version of a tree that's already one of the rarest trees that only grows in one small section of one forest on one planet and the fact that there's a miniature version is even rarer than those rare trees this is the rarest of all trees and it only needs to be pruned once perhaps per year by a true master who knows exactly which subspline to cut and i am that master for i am she's or oh shit the chair's got me doing it Oh, yeah, I was given this by someone who done fucked up, but he gave me this as a gift, and obviously anyone who would have a small tree isn't all bad, I guess, so I let him live. (laughs) That's correct. This is a bribe that worked, because I am not a brute. I am a civilized gentleman, as Leia will learn about me when I capture her. Also, she will learn more intimate things about uh, me. Uh, I hate you. What is, when is the scene going to show up where he starts polishing his katana? I know. Or, or, for example, ordering that all the voice actors for Maroni Kenshin be killed to increase the value of his signed wall scroll. <laughs> what is the point when he's going to be like, ah, yes, I shall pick out my outfit today. I have hundreds of fedoras, trilbies, all of them are mine, the finest of them. This bowling shirt was made by a Mon Calamari who only makes one bowling shirt a decade (laughs) i have these jorts these jorts are made from the finest gene weave on planet go blast my one shoulder slingover bag has the kekistan logo upon it god (laughs) fucking every time we cut to shizor he gets worse he just gets worse it's a never-ending spiral of this guy is a horrible nerd this guy is i mean a terrible nerd who got too much money and now only thinks 
about how rad he is. Jesus Christ, he's Space Notch. <laughs> yes, that's what we said last time. Oh my God, ugh. It's just so infuriating. Remember when he killed a dude? Like, remember you way remember? back, like, like four remember? episodes ago when he when he beat a dude to death who was, like, trying to kill him? Yeah. Like, some big muscle man came running at him? That was four chapters ago. For the past four chapters, he has been sitting in his room being a nerd. Oh, yeah. Every time we cut back to him, it's like, I'm in my exercise bed, or I'm playing a game, or I'm doing a tree thing, or I'm just looking at hollow vids and jerking it. Doing that thing where you cut a bonsai tree once a year when you are not like an actual bonsai hobbyist is just the epitome of I am a huge nerd. (laughs) I mean, I I swear he's got one of those woodblock katana mounts in his room for sure. 100%. And he's always, whenever Guri comes in, he's like, Guri, look, I have folded Hanzo steel. Yes, that's great, Shizor. Do a run, a run a diagnostic on your Vox chip, would you? You're calling me Sheezor. Yeah, I'll get right on that, Sheezor. <laughs> Look at my wall scrolls. <laughs> Only the finest. This one's from Initial D. I don't even like that show. <laughs> it's but- mostly about drifting. Oh, <laughs> uh, God. He's just turning into more and more of a huge otaku. Like, yes. Like, page by page, he turns into a bigger dork. Yeah. All right, so that's him. That's all we get for Shizor this time. Yep. Meanwhile, Luke has arrived at the Millennium Falcon with Lando. He inquires as to R2 and the X-Wing. R- uh, Lando lets him know that they're going to pick them up on the way out with their tractor beam. Yeah, don't worry about it. But then Luke sa- or Lando says, but we have to hurry because a Star Destroyer just pulled in at the head of an Imperial fleet. Now, Luke has time for several questions. <laughs> so he Is starts- there a Corian? <laughs> well, he starts asking questions. He says... Wait, a Star Destroyer? Victory class? Oh, no. no. Imperial class? Bigger than that. Spaghetti class? (laughs) Oh, it's on my sweater already. Bagpipe class? (laughs) Amazing Grace. Oh, my God. That could only mean that it's a Super Star Destroyer. Indeed. Yeah. And then he goes, is it Vader's Star Destroyer? Uh Okay, well, let's do this, Luke. Name anyone else's Super Star Destroyer. Name any other Super Star Destroyer. There are four. There are four Executor Class Super Star Destroyers in the canon. Name the name the pilot of any other one of them, Luke. Can you do it? No. no. Oh, no. No, you can't. You sure can't, you big dumb idiot. I can. Uh, Warlord Zinge and Natasi Dalla both had one. Oh. Uh, but who gives a flying fuck? And of course it's fucking Vader, you brainless twit. Also, who gives a shit? Get away from it. <laughs> Yeah, like as if he was going to go, oh, no, it's a Super Star Destroyer, but it's not Vader's. Oh, well, then fuck it. <laughs> so, Who cares? So, for fuck's sake, once he figures out it's Vader's, he's like, well, we got to get out of here. By the way, where's Princess Leia? Remember how I already asked you that, and you just said, meh? Well, this time, Lando says, no time for questions. We got to go. <laughs> okay, let's talk about this for a second. This is Lando, set a spell, and I'll spin you the yarn of Dash Rendar. Yeah. Calrissian. He's got time to tell you where the fuck Leia is. Also, Luke's the one driving. Like, he gets into the driver's seat, which means Lando's like, no time, I've got to sit here. (laughs) (laughs) Just say she went to Coruscant. Quit wasting our time. Ugh. You got time to ask like four classes of Star Destroyer, but not to say like she went to Coruscant. That or at least say, I'm not telling you because you're an idiot baby and you'll chase after her. That is basically true. So that's the end of it, by the way. That's the end of chapter 24. There you go. That's it. Chapter 24 had basically nothing. Basically nothing. And it's going to start up right away with that Super Star Destroyer, which, yes, has Darth Vader on it. Obviously. Asking if he's there yet and hearing yes and being like, yippee! (laughs) 
Because <laughs> that's the catchphrase of Anakin Skywalker, by the way. Oh, yeah, obviously. Yippee! Are you an angel? <laughs> I would love if Darth Vader was just walking into some place. Are you an angel? Yes. Yes, I am. That's my species. We're angels. <laughs> All right, so there you go. That's chapters 22 through 24, in which Luke spins his goddamn wheels until he escapes from prison and nothing else happens. Yep, nothing is accomplished. Great. <laughs> wheels spinning his chapters. It just basically stripped even more respect away from Shizor from us. Yeah, it just fucked up Leia more and fucked up Shizor more. That's all these chapters did. <laughs> Acknowledge the physical gender autonomy of Guri Leia. Why won't you? <laughs> That's the worst thing you're doing. Just if she says she's a woman, she's a woman. Just let her be a woman. What do you care? Oh, well, she didn't make that choice. She was programmed to think that way. Neither did you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, all right. There you go. So that's the end of those chapters. Got anything else you want to add, John? I do not. I, uh, I just want to say thank you all for listening. Of course, uh, we love doing this. And man, we are getting real close to taking this weekly that's true because uh, as everyone understands if our patreon hits one thousand dollars per episode this will become a weekly show and we'll do even more star wars and we'll get through the books way faster and we'll do more books we'll actually get through books at a pace more than like once a year that's <laughs> true well you never know the next chapter may have like our next book may have huge chapters just like it's a five chapter book <laughs> it's just <laughs> each chapter is like a hundred pages well let's do one of those thrawn books they're huge that means they have huge chapters. Rip and tear. <laughs> I, I don't. I, I'm, I'm, I'm Why sorry. are you doom guying this? <laughs> I don't know. I'm tired, John. Uh. So there you have it. Like I said, if we if our Patreon hits $1,000, this show goes weekly. So you can find that at patreon.com slash systemmastery. Feel free to support us if you want. Otherwise, you can find us at systemmasterypodcast.com, systemmastery on Gmail, Facebook, Reddit, or Twitter. Uh, leave your comments. Uh, leave your questions. Send us your recommendations and uh, get into conversation with us. We love talking to you. Just, you know, not about stuff that we did. I hate talking about stuff I did. <laughs> also, be sure and uh, go out. Give us some uh, some ratings, some reviews. Mm -hmm. We love getting those. Get that on the iTunes or Stitcher. If you, if you want people to discover the majesty and joy that is the expanded universe of Star Wars, be able... Uh, <laughs> this is definitely the place to do yeah, it. Yeah, you want them to find it through us, so... Getting those ratings and reviews means that more people find us and more people get to know about she's or <laughs> there you have it. So I guess that's the end of today's episode. So uh, unless there's any further business, I'm Elan Slees Bagano and I love death sticks. Congratulations! You've unlocked our alternate intro track. Two bachelor's degrees. Welcome to Shadows of the Empire Expounded Universe. I am Jeff, joined as always by John. John, how are you? My goodness gracious. It's so good to be here talking about uh, Oreos. <laughs> yeah. Uh, folks, before we start today's episode, we got a, a special treat for you. Yeah, and a special treat for us. Ooh. Yeah, we, uh, we just got back from Vaughn's where the siren song of dumb Oreo flavors. Now, I in particular love getting the stupidest versions of anything that I can find. I actually also do this, and especially with the Lay's. It's the potato chips where you have to know what, like, 
waffle and chicken. And, and the problem is the answer is always these taste like sour cream and onions. <laughs> like 90% of the time. Like everything bagel, this tastes like sour cream and onions. Uh. But uh, what we have in our hands is in some Oreos, and we're just going to taste them on the air. Not so much because it's got anything to do with Star Wars, cause, but we have them. We haven't tasted them yet, and we want to. We just want you to experience our experience. That's all. Then we'll get to the Star Wars, and don't worry, this won't make the episode any shorter. All right. So what I've got is some uh, some apple pie Oreo. Okay, so just so we make this clear, John's got apple pie Oreo, and we passed on the Dunkin' Donuts mocha flavor. Yeah, figure I was, figure it's just going to be a coffee chocolate. It's fine. Yeah, it's not going to be all that interesting. But John has apple pie uh, with a graham cracker crust. Yes. So let's start with the aroma on these little guys here. Let's take a big whiff. Yeah, that is, uh, that's 100%. Do you remember those uh, iced oatmeal cookies? Oh, yeah. They were like mother's or mom's iced oatmeal. They're like too hard. They're like cr- like a little too crunchy. Yeah. They, yeah. Were, they were the kind that were just like you'd get a whole bunch and they were fairly cheap. There was, it was the same people who made those animal crackers that were frosted. Yeah, yeah. The mother's company. Yeah. 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 That's, it is 100% that. Yeah. There's absolutely no apple in the smell. No, it just smells like an, an oatmeal cookie for... I don't know why. Yeah, it smells exactly like an old iced oatmeal cookie. All right. Uh, so I'm, I'm on board with you there. Let's give these things a bite. Huh. Whoa. Okay. Yeah, chemical apple is definitely coming through. Yeah, it's a lot of chemical apple. Yeah. Um, but not what you're used to with an apple, because normally with an apple flavor that you get out of things, it's like a, uh, you know, like that green apple flavor. Oh, yeah. But this is more like a, I don't even know how to describe that. Kind of like the, it, oh, it just tastes like an apple Pop-Tart. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. It it tastes a lot more apple strudely than pie, I would say. Yeah. So, not terrible. Not great, not terrible. But I, I think what we may have here is a chance for this to turn horrible in just a second. Oh, yeah. I'm excited for what Jeff's holding. Yeah, because I bought a bag of waffles and syrup Oreos. Waffles and syrup Oreos. Yeah, together at last. Let's get this oh, stupid package here. There we go. Also, I love the picture on there. It makes it look like the frosting is like an egg. Oh, oh God. Oh, man. Oh, I got I to gotta sniff into here. I, I did the, the heavy in- inhalation of the... Oh man, I was expecting heavy syrup, but it it kind of has heavy waffle smell. It does a little. Yeah, it's like it smells like Clint Howard's heavy waffles. <laughs> it's got that heavy waffle smell. <laughs> heavy waffles by the name, a great name for a dog. Oh man, if you had like a big fat mastiff and you named him Heavy Waffles, ooh <laughs> baby, I would be over at your house. <laughs> well, he'd be over at my house if the wa- mastiff was named Dog One A. <laughs> that is also true. Also, the best thing would be if you had a bulldog named Blueberry. Yeah, we were t- we went to Vaughn's not to, to buy dumb Oreos, but because I was pretty sure there was a Blueberry Lager there, and I we didn't find it, but I'm sure it's there, and I'm pretty sure it's got a Blueberry Bulldog on it, <laughs> and and a bulldog named Blueberry. I'm sold. Yeah. So, all right, let's let's give a taste test on these bad boys. Okay. That tastes of nothing. Yeah, there's there's virtually nothing there. Um, it's very light. It's like eating an, one of those Eggos that's already maple flavored. Yeah, there's just... There's just... I'm real disappointed. I was expecting this to be like a kick in the nuts. Yeah, like the Swedish Fish Oreo. Like, I'm almost like, let's just cut this whole segment. Because the Swedish Fish Oreo, when you opened up that package, 
You got hit by like you were driving by a chemical factory or something. It was it was like driving through like northern Florida. Was yeah, it smell. was pretty like if I fell into a batch of Swedish fish Oreos, I'd probably come out and be the Joker. Yeah, you'd be like the red Swedish fish Oreo Joker. Yeah. I mean, you'd be like the creeper, but light red instead of lemon yellow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but these are just nothing. They They're just... so bland for what they should be. I think they were scared that they would make these too strong and that it would freak people out, but they just corrected too far in the other direction. Yeah, I think the apple pie is the clear winner here between the two of them. These just taste like... They have the consistency. It's like eating wet sand. Yeah. Yeah. All oh, right. that's bad. Yeah. All right. So there we go. That's, it's just bad. Anyway, that was a bit of a disappointment. But, you know, always fun to find out if, if an Oreo horrible flavor is going to be good or not. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. my favorite experiment. Anyway. <laughs> so, uh, Star Wars, huh? How about that Star Wars? Gave that dog a crossbow and two bachelor's degrees. <laughs> Pulls everyone she's on. I don't know why. <laughs> That's Vader, <laughs> the world's greatest power top. Take a look at these meat bags. 